had any gluten in it. And we immediately had to comp a round of drinks for everyone seated behind me because the brains blew out of the back of my head. <laughs> if your comprehension of a protein composition is so tenuous that you have to ask whether or not it exists in butter, you don't get to abstain from it. And I'll go farther to say if you're not a part of the less than 1% of the human population that suffers from celiac disease, knock it the fuck off. It's not possible to be allergic to gluten. All the, all the, all the uh, authorities say so. And the guy who got this whole fad started, this multi-billion dollar fad, he, he did his study again several years later uh, using uh, controls and shit, you know, scientifically, and came to the conclusion that I had always assumed, which is that none celiac gluten intolerance is amongst the ranks of Sasquatch, Chupacabra, and the female orgasm. Things I'm not likely to witness in real life. <laughs> Do you know who probably hates this fad more than waiters? People with celiac disease. Can you imagine how paraplegics would feel if a bunch of misinformed people started rolling around in wheelchairs because they had a walking intolerance? probably pretty close to the way that lactose intolerant people feel about vegans. You mean to tell me that you could eat cheese all goddamn day and you don't because you feel bad about an animal getting his titties played with? <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for me. Thank you, everybody. That's been our show. Thank you, everybody, for coming out to the fantastic Comedy Clubhouse. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you again, Jesse.
if you mess with Mr. Booth. Don't mess with Mr. Booth. Don't mess with Mr. Booth. Don't mess with the double O Z. If you've been so stiff, they thought you died. You'll feel better once you testify. Testify. Cleanse yourself, my child. Cleanse yourself. Brothers and sisters, I happen to know this poor unfortunate soul and the fight she's waging against sin. That old devil hooch has turned her into the unsightly person you see before you. Give us your testimony, my child. Well, it all began with Daddy. Yeah? yeah. I'm telling you, there's a gambling lay out here. We're going to find it. Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Do you know how old he was when he died? No. no. He was 25. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? What's his name? We know his name. His name is Mr. Booz. Mr. Booz, Mr. B-double-O-Z. Don't ever choose any game you play with him, you lose. So don't mess with Mr. Booz. If your head feels like it's ten foot wide, ten foot wide, you'll feel better once you testify. Testify. Come forward, dear brother. Come forward. You see here a man, ladies and gentlemen. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to High Spirits. High Spirits. My name is Dr. Pegasus, and we've got an interesting show lined up for you. That was Frank Sinatra from the film um, Robin and the Seven Hoods. The song is Mr. Booze. And that's what we're here to talk about. And then sin got me in. Oh, oh, a little bit of that, too. Sin and gin got me in its clutches, and that's why I need forgiving. Why? Because now my hand shakes so much, Reverend, I can't even make a living. Get out. That's a shame. What a shame. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? His name is Mr. Booth. And that's right, this is not a revival meeting. Hello everybody. Um, have you got your anonymous names ready? Going from We me? do. I think they need to work on theirs. <laughs> I'm Dr. Pegasus. And you are? Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke in the house. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. But we're going to do Princess Mono because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, the guy that was just uh, up on the stage was telling jokes about Mono, wasn't he? At the end, (laughs) yes. He was really funny. He was really funny. He was clever. I like that. And who else do we have here tonight? Uh, Madison is back again. Madison what? is back. <laughs> Welcome back. And we have a uh, we have a new person here tonight. And a little closer to Mike. Oh, um, Mike, how is that? Is this? That's great. Good. Yeah. Do you have a name? Uh, sure. I'll take uh, model sixteen seventy eight, please. Okay. <laughs> That's the Altec lensing. 
uh, microphone mixer right in front of me. That'll. All right. Do you prefer Altec or Lansing? I'll take. Uh, how about 1678? Okay. It's the model number. And I got it. Here you go. Okay. Um, I'm going to do the uh, incredibly tedious thing and put a little music behind us. Do you find this distracting, or is it nice to have a little music? I like it. I like it, too. Okay. Well, we have a consensus. Would you like to vote Altec? Sure. It's uh, lovely. Okay. We have name tags now. Thank you so much for doing that. All right. We're a little better organized here, and... I pressed the wrong button. All right, it's still amateur hour here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Dr. Pegasus has come down with bronchitis, and we'll see if my voice lasts for the hour. I'm surprised it sounds as clear as it does right now. Um, just push me off my chair if it's... And so here on High Spirits Radio, we're going to talk about um we had a couple of topics that we discussed last week that for what we some ideas that we had one of them was booze in media um how much how often how you know how many characters in a show is there always a you know like a character is the anchor character always an alcoholic are they sober are they sober and then they break their um you know their sobriety and they become alcoholics there was a a show from the uk well sorry it was from ireland actually called jack taylor it's about this guy who got fired from the garda which is the national police in uh-huh. ireland and um and it, it was because he was an alcoholic and so for most of the show he's he's sober and he's kind of like a sherlock holmes he goes around solving crimes and you know, getting into trouble and whatnot. And then he, um, you know, then of course he breaks his sobriety at some point when something tragic happens. And um, somehow I felt myself compelled to watch this show all the way through. It was two seasons and filled with horrible tragedy and alcoholism. But then he comes out at the end and he gives up his, he went sober again. And I'm sure he's going to, to, to meetings of some organization who we do not represent here. Fight Club. It's called Fight Club. Fight Club, yes. <laughs> I had a friend that I shared um, our podcast to, or what is this, a radio show, a podcast? We're an internet Hanging radio out. show. <laughs> We're an internet radio show. Internet radio show, and he questioned me about that. He's like, I don't know about saying names. I'm like, what do you mean? We're, we're going to get better. We are good. <laughs> I think, um, um, so can you, any of you name a show that you've seen recently that had, that featured a, a prominent alcoholic, a, a, a principal character that was inebriated during the show. And I'm going to go close down, shut down the PA system because I'm getting feedback. Okay. A show. Or do you watch most of your shows on Netflix? I, I started paring down. I actually only have HBO now. I'm trying to stay more productive. So I shut down Netflix. I shut down Hulu. But also, really, the truth is I'm on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Subscriptions add up. 
but there is this one show that is pretty good um euphoria oh my god i'm so about euphoria right now you have no yeah, idea we're, we're we're such millennials <laughs> tell me about euphoria the main character she is um in recovery and i'm trying to remember if it's just from drugs or if she also drinks medicine i think it's mostly drugs but she also i mean the drinking is just the side of you know what i mean when you it's do a drugs. side effect of the yeah drugs. when you do i mean whatever like when you're doing drugs you're drinking it's kind of how it is right yeah so i don't know is that what they call um a slippery slope i think so Uh, what about you? Well, I, I can't say I've been watching much television. I'm trying to think. Usually, the the shows I've seen, uh, it's uh, like it's like a given place for people to meet. So they'll they'll just be drinking, and it's like a a, a given location as opposed to. Yeah. Part of the character, but I'd be curious to know with all of the ep episodes, all these episodic shows, if how many of them have that as a main, yeah, as a theme. I don't know if they're. Theme. What about like the oldies, like Cheers or It's Always Sunny, and yeah. right, like they happen at a bar. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, right. The 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 location is the alcohol anchor. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And uh, I, I'm trying to think of uh, where in film if it's celebrated or if it's always like a moral tale of you know cautionary tale of not to so it's a problem associated with it it seems like if the characters are meeting there it's fine yeah and then if it's they center they focus in on one and it's like their downfall and it's they have to show functioning alcoholics it's usually like yeah high functioning is the way to go <laughs> at least if you're gonna be one <laughs> I don't know if there's a show like that. High um, function, high functioning alcoholics. Would that be like the the postman on Cheers? Um, that was what was his name? He, he's kind of a big rumpled guy with curly brown hair. And no, I'm thinking of no. That was the other guy. The, he was the accountant. Norm. Was They're the all postman? drunk. Norm. Yeah. No. Norm. Norm was the guy with the mustache. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Porky guy and Norm, and I don't know who else was there, but wait, he was, well, he was a postman, so I don't know if they're making commentary on. Oh, our postmen, do they have a reputation for being drunk? Well, wasn't uh, the poet, um, what's his, uh, 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 Yeats? The, um. No, the uh, angry, misogynistic, uh, Poet that uh, loved it. He, his only he could he said I need the post office. It's the only way I could. What is his name? He beat his wives. Does anyone remember him? He had. Uh, he sounds like a real winner. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who so, is this guy? Is he single? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unexplained attraction. It's um, true. Well, it's just it's an interesting topic to me, and you we can shift into other topics also, but it's just that, um, 
you know, I, I have this theory that, uh, you know, alcoholism and drug use are normalized by the media. They're presented as being the attractive thing to do. People are going out and celebrating and they're, they're using alcohol to do that. And so Cheers was a show structured entirely around that. Um, and why is this important? It's, it's because, um, uh, I've lost it. You know, I need a big whiteboard in here in order to <laughs> jot my ideas down when I have yeah. them so that when I, they inevitably fade moments later. Are you wanting to like whiteboard it? Let's whiteboard it out. Oh boy. <laughs> That's a real San Francisco thing, isn't it? We are in San Francisco. Tech startups and yep. stuff. <laughs> Gosh, they can have whiteboarders anonymous. Oh yeah. <laughs> That would be funny. I would love to attend one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the thing about um, so there there used to be this term. Um, it was uh, I think it was playing Irish or the being Irish. So there was always a character in theater and like vaudeville up until the, the television and film era when they kind of slowly, you know, walked away from those characters. It was a, the drunken Irishman or the drunken somebody, somebody who was from a uh, kind of like a, you know, a, 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 a society, you know, like a culture that was not part of the mainstream. They were, they were part of the minority with respect to what, this, what was going on at that time. And so with uh, Irishmen, the drunken Irishman was that character. And, um, and it was like a regular appearance and they would step in like in a, you know, in an old Greek play and they would be there to make an announcement or to be the, the, what do you call it? The, not the foil, but the person who falls down and causes a disaster or something. I'm terrible at this radio thing. I don't have my thoughts no, together. No, you're great. <laughs> well, you with the uh, slapstick, you mean? Like the, you have the straight men and you have the... And this would be the drunken person that would, uh, that was there to make the example of, you know, people who can't handle their liquor or, you know, are, are causing a nuisance by the fact that they're drunk in public. Um, oh. Tragic hero. Tragic hero, that works. I actually was reading something I had. It was like a writing exercise. And I remember there were like different types of characters. And it almost, it's probably not the right one. You're talking about we can the like, archetypes for drama development and that sort of thing? Yes, yes, totally that one. <laughs> that is an archetype. The tragic, the tragic hero or heroine. Yeah. Do we use that word anymore? Heroin? Heroin? Heroin. Um, Madison? I think so. <laughs> I didn't think... I mean, does it... Well, anyway, don't ask me. <laughs> Everything's becoming like, degendered. It, yeah, I was going to say... I was going to say, does it have to be gender neutral? I don't know. I, I'm not up to speed with the PC-ness of these things, so... Yeah. I... One thing that's funny about being PC, I was talking to um, my mom, but she wants to be called Bella. I, I want to shout out to Bella. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Bella? Does Bella want to call into the program? 
I don't know if we can handle Bella. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but being uh, on the topic of PC, I was talking to her about like my sobriety and um, she doesn't understand like what the big deal is that we keep calling it like HP higher power. She's like, why can't you just say God? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Hmm. And um, that's it. Is she not PC or is she? I, uh, How do you feel about that? Oh, by by being outspoken about using the the capital G word. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, some people go out of their way to to use the word, and some people go out of their way to not use the word to avoid using it. And yeah. I think that we all know people from our circles who, you know, do both, mm-hmm. do either, one or the other. So is that is that piece is it politically? politically correct perhaps to be um secular i today? don't know what's politically correct anymore i mean honestly i i don't feel like people have any hesitancy about talking about god or worrying that that's going to offend somebody i think i mean it can and it does but i just don't get the sense that there's any sort of pc language around that I mean, I guess they would argue that, oh, we can't say Christmas because it's offensive or whatever the case may be, but... Merry Christmas. But, I don't know. And yet, having a God complex is still offensive. That you can't do. Right. Refer to me as my Lord. And uh, (laughs) everyone, I think. My sweet Lord. That won't fly. But there's a lot of this, like a layup in basketball. I guess there's like a lot of disclaimers before you, like apologies before you use the term. So I don't know how people are so t- touchy about religion. I would imagine you got a point. You know? Yeah. Some people may just frighten them away. So yeah. Say. It's definitely like a topic I love throwing around in my family because it just like. <laughs> That's like that's like a bomb. <laughs> Riles them up. Yeah. yeah. And you just like sit there and just like watch it unfold. It's very entertaining. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about what sort of religious upbringing we all had. Compare notes. As a topic idea. I guess we're we're still on media. Drunks in the media. Yeah. Um there's the stereotype of the the drunken reporter, um, you know, working at their desk with a bottle of bourbon in the drawer, mm. pack of cigarettes at the ready, and, and their typewriter. I guess that's kind of a 1940s image. Yeah, it's like in film noir with a yeah. hard-boiled detective with his yeah, yeah. hard liquor and <laughs> cynical. He needs it. He needs it to get by. Right. To brace yeah. himself. Yeah, the Raymond Chandler character what was the name of that character it was philip marlowe in los angeles in the 1940s that was pretty awesome and then was it in the 50s that they stopped didn't they used to have alcohol advertisements on tv and they had stopped they had stopped doing that and i know like that and cigarettes had its i remember where they used to advertise it and then they were they had to stop i think Beer must have gone into the 80s because I remember it as a teenager. Um, 
but I think the cigarettes went out, maybe went out in the 70s. I'm not sure. It's a really good question. That's a great question. Um, but they did kind of quash it, you know, both of those, the two great evils of society. I'm like, I still see all sorts of ads for alcohol on TV. Like, oh. especially the alcohol flavored or the water, the alcohol water. I don't know why we as a society needed alcoholic water, but apparently that's like that's the new. thing. So yeah. uh, anyway, like isn't that anything, you know, not as strong as 180 proof for Everclear? alcohol water so it's water that's been flavored with an alcohol it's like yeah it's alcoholic water mm. it's like water with an alcohol content of beer so that i guess maybe it's low calorie or something uh. i'm not entirely like i say why we as a society needed this product i do not know but um but now when i go to the fridge at my house i do actually have to look and i can't because the partner has decided to switch to not drinking beer and all of his drinks look exactly like non-alcoholic beverages so i have to be a lot more uh -huh. careful when i go open the fridge now because like i'm tempted like i think it's the pellegrino and it's not oh, no. <laughs> like... surprise <laughs> <laughs> wow so they're they're just they're mixing um alcohol like like seven percent or ten percent alcohol into water now without all the other stuff that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, sorry, it's been interesting. I've had this conversation with my parents, though, and I grew up in Canada, and in Canada, the advertising isn't like it is here, like, not at all. Um, but I was talking to my parents about it, and um, my dad made the point that, like, cigarettes, you cannot advertise cigarettes. Like, there's no advertising whatsoever. Whereas you turn on the TV and alcohol is arguably kills as many people as cigarettes do, yet there's all kinds of ads and they're all like, and I'm sorry, but you're telling me the strawberry flavored alcohol water is not marketed to teenagers? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yet Jules evil because uh, they have flavors. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a huge hypocrisy about advertising around alcohol versus advertising for tobacco and... You know, there's this idea that alcohol, I guess, is somehow not as harmful. I guess they just have a much better lobby than tobacco does. Um, but, and I don't know, when we were talking about, like, drunks on TV, I feel like I rarely see drunks on TV. It's always people that come home from work and have a glass of wine, and they're always having a glass of wine while they have a conversation. And when I first stopped drinking, I was like, could you just not have a glass of wine at night on TV? I just don't want to see this. Like, it's as if... It's as if everybody's normal or That's what I was going to say. It's normalized. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's households where people don't come home and have a drink after work. I mean, my parents didn't come home and have a drink after work. Like, that's just not, you know, my parents rarely drank. So why does every single family on TV, everybody comes home and the parents have a glass of wine? Like, I don't know. That's my thought. That's awesome. And... Uh, Princess Mononoke, you were saying that um, that it's normal. It's normal. Princess Mono. Princess Mono. <laughs> the infectious Princess Mono. Mono. <laughs> um, that, uh, oh, that the people on TV don't have a problem with alcohol, that they're normies, what we call normies, people who have a normal tolerance for alcohol. They only need one or two or maybe three drinks, and then they're good for the night. Are we sure? I mean, we don't see them in their entire life just for that period of the show 
That's right. So we don't see what happened until 3 a.m. Yeah. And from what I've heard, no one else can tell you that you are one except yourself. Okay. Is that true? Um. What if a friend walks up and makes an observation? I. Maybe like in the past, I would. Well, in the past, I don't think it would have like really affected me if somebody said that about me. Or if it did affect me in any way, I would just be like, how do you know? Hmm. It's a really hard subject to, to break into, isn't it? Like, I mean, unless you're seeing someone just like falling down drunk. And in that moment, they're not, you know, they're not in any, any you know, frame of mind to receive that knowledge that you're about to bestow upon them. Um, you know, and will they remember it the next day? I, uh... But it's also normalized, right? Like, I definitely remember joking about it frequently and be like, oh my gosh, I'm turning to such an alcoholic. I just have to, like, yeah. chill out. I have a paper to write. Hmm. As I proceed to, like, buy a Magnum bottle of wine to write my paper. Yeah, and I would always just be like, I'm a functional alcoholic. Ha ha ha. I was a functional alcoholic. It wasn't a joke, but you know, I thought it was funny at the time. It was very funny. (laughs) I don't think I really admitted it to myself until it was just, you know, it was really far gone. I, uh, I think there was one or two people who, you know, tried to pull me aside, but you know, I was Mr. Good time. I was having a great time until I wasn't. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, sometimes it's just hard. Like the only, pe- the, the people who really stood out on that were people who didn't drink. So I, I figured that I met people who were sober, you know, throughout my adult life. Like occasionally I'd work with someone, we'd all go out to a bar afterward, or maybe they were the one who never went to the bar. Or when mm. they went to the bar, they always ordered a Pellegrino mm. or something like that. And they never spoke about it. They just said, nah, it's, yeah, I don't do that. Um, sometimes, yeah, I remember one guy I worked with would say that he, you know, that it, it alcohol messed with the medication that he took. Mm. And I mean, those were all, I think those were all good cover stories. At least that's how I view them now. <laughs> yeah, or it was definitely the truth. Right? Like, you can't mix, it's directed, you can't mix medication with alcohol. Mm-hmm. But then, like, people that aren't quote unquote normies would be like, well, it depends. Like, what do you mean? Like, what medication are you on? Or what are you drinking? Or how much? You know, because that's how I felt with alcohol and weed for me. I would always try to, like, before I could only drink, and if I were drinking, I wouldn't smoke. But eventually, through the years, I kind of like I learned the yin and yang, <laughs> so to say, <laughs> of weed and alcohol. And mm. yeah, that was a false yin and yang. There was no yin and yang. Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that. The uh, the well. I would sometimes get my evening started with some weed yeah, and that would just kind of like 
smooth me out from the day, from a day's work. And then, you know, some alcohol would really get me, you know, up and running and ready to go out to a bar, meet some friends or go mm. out to a nightclub, you know, and, and then I'd switch types of weed to something a little bit heavier, you know, ganja so that I could go and, you know, bust some moves to dance hall. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, I don't know if I'm speaking for the room, but we have to see this someday. Exactly. <laughs> um, <the silver laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a 16 millimeter film of me circulating out there on the internet. But <laughs> okay, let me make a reminder for myself. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Fine. Oh, look at this. What's the dial in for the show? Jay Quellen. All right. We've got a caller. It is, hey, Jay, it's 415-550-0511. Give us a ring. We'd love to hear from you. Jay Quellen, some of you may remember, our, our three listeners out there. Um, <laughs> you mean is, three uh, million? <laughs> three million, sorry. Jay is uh, Jay Quellen is uh, the 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 co-host of this program. Okay. Hey, how do I work this thing, man? <laughs> Hello. 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 So we're working the phone right now and just letting you know what's going on. Jay, do we have you? Oh, I got to bring up the phone. Where's the phone? Here's the phone. Hey, there he is, Jay Quellen. Oh my goodness. First time, long time, first time. There we are. Short time. Uh, Shadow Lady and uh, who's who's your co-host? I forgot. Is it Cornelius or... Pegasus. Oh, um, your co-host tonight is uh, is Doctor Pegasus, and we have Doctor Prin- Pegasus. We have awesome. Prin- we have Princess Mono on mic number two, and um, Madison Madison on mic three, and Madison. We have a- and Madison's a, up in there. And we have a special guest to introduce yourself to Jake. So you have a quad quad factor. We have a quad factor tonight. Yeah. Model sixteen seventy eight. Uh, model sixteen seventy eight is with us tonight. Hello. <laughs> Say hello to Jay Quellen. It's Jay Quellen's birthday this all it's week. It's your birthday. Oh snap! <laughs> I, so, hey, some identifying information for for all you adoring fans out there. Uh, it's Jay Quellen's birthday. I wanted to say it, and I wanted to protect your anonymity. Oh, that's cool. Um, but Pegasus you know, you over a, here. Kind of narrows it down to 152 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I'm sure the um, uh, the internet privacy people are going to be all over this. Hey, so how's your week been? Catch us up. Hold on, it's a little um, it's a little soft to hear you guys. I'm trying to. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. You're you're coming through loud and clear. Okay. Um, maybe I should go to a quieter area. So, I'm out in Japantown, guys, celebrating. Ooh. I love Japantown. Uh, there's this brand new restaurant out here, and today is like the opening day. We just randomly ended up here because our one of my oldest friends in the Bay Area, she actually... Uh, knows the folks who 
are opening this, and this is opening day, and it's it's a new restaurant in the Hotel Kabuki or the Kabuki Hotel. And, of course, keeping it with the theme of the show, um, yeah, we're, there's an upstairs bar. They have really creative, unusual cocktails, and I'm drinking. They actually have several, um, they call it Zero Proof. That's something you're starting to see on menus a lot more is zero wow. proof. Totally. Section. Wow. And here I'm having a zero proof, completely zero proof juniper berry. That's uh, gin. With tonic, cucumber. You're having a gin and tonic with zero else. alcohol. It's essentially, yeah, basically. That's hilarious. Virgin gin and tonic. That's wow. awesome. I mean, do you have any fear that this is going to seduce you to the dark side? Make you crave That's the real thing. That's a great thing. question. So I can tell you, basically, the short answer is no. Yep. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and I just, real, real quick, before we get hot and heavy, y'all, I, oh. I am in this hotel, and, you know, there's a sort of a, I think, legitimate and then maybe a little bit of romanticizing. Like, I've always had sort of a, an appreciation for the beauty of a lobby bar in a hotel, right? Mm. And yes. I think it goes yeah. back to like our conversation last week about traveling in planes and airports mm. and being at bars. And cruise ships. You know? Hotels are great. Like one of my and, favorite things to do are like staycations and definitely like yeah. lobbies and bars mm. and libraries. And never, it's just I very... I knew about this, uh, this Hotel Kabuki and I want to come back. They're like, spinning records and there's just people out on dates hotel guests now there's this new restaurant so it's quite hip and i'm in j-town and i love j-town i come to j-town for all kinds of things um throughout the year so it's it's good to see that there's something new in this neighborhood that i didn't know about is, is hey, that the while, one all right. while being sober is that the place right on the corner of, um, this is uh, at the corner of Laguna and Post. Laguna and Post. Um, is it kind of like a place that was built maybe in the 60s or the 70s? But they keep sprucing well, it up and they've got like a... I think I was there for breakfast a couple of months ago and it was really good. Is it like a traditional Japanese Sorry, I breakfast? can't hear you guys quite. Scrambled eggs and home fries, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vegan sausage, it was great. That doesn't sound Japanese. No. No. no but you know what? Actually, on on that tangent, you know, uh, last week on my way over, I mentioned that at the corner of 16th and Valencia, there's a sort of salon intelligentsia meetup called Et Nanny's Cafe, and um, there's always these people protesting outside that it is. Uh, gentrification of that area and I'm just thinking about it here because this is J-Town and this place is like this is a Thai restaurant which is I looked in the kitchen and it is, it is all white people there are 20 white people working at this Thai restaurant in, in historic Japantown it's, it's, it's interesting why do you got a problem with us white people brother yeah <laughs> they need jobs too <laughs> Oh, did I I'm just... A white, I'm a white person. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jake Quellen <laughs> is white for all intents and purposes. 
That's what I'm saying. Um, now they really know who you are. It's your birthday and, then, and you're white. Um, and then the you're going to be you're going to be doxed. And you said where you are. Oh shoot! I know somebody. <laughs> hey, one of the fans could find me and shoot me. Watch I for know. the helicopters. The helicopters will be will come swooping in. Now. Yeah. Me and Madison were just talking about that today. About yeah. what? About like letting people know where you are on the air and what could happen. <laughs> Because I was like, I'm like, I should shout out to our followers. <laughs> Three million and strong. Exactly. Like, if you happen to be, like, if there's a one in a million chance that you happen to have a ticket to the sold out show at Halcyon tonight, I will be there with long blue hair and you can find me and say hello. But <laughs> we're like, you know. a, well, Madison is on cover. the right uh, track. It's like we're all, we're all celebrities already. <laughs> out of control the fans are lined up outside the door waiting for our <laughs> autographs actually people don't get autographs anymore they I get wanted. selfies with stars yeah hey jay quillen talk to us yeah so i just i just you know this is basically jay quillen reporting from the field i'm calling him <laughs> from the field and you know out in the field you know, this is real life and Everything's real life, you know. That's real, man. And I suppose <laughs> real life. And we're, I'm out here in the field in J-Town. And, yeah, peeps are all drinking, having a good time. Um, and, yeah, I've got my dealio. I'm with my, I'm with my peeps. It's interesting. I'm with uh, my, sort of my oldest, dearest friends in the Bay Area, like, you know, that I lived with and metal in college and all that kind of stuff and siblings and stuff like that. And every single person who's here is a normie that knows exactly what I'm up to. They all know that I'm in the program. They all know I'm sober. They have all the details, you know? Mm -hmm. And how is that? I have, I have to have a lot of gratitude for that. That's a pretty cool situation. Mm. Is anyone joining you for zero proof drinks? What? Are you be is anyone joining you for those zero proof drinks? Yes. Um actually one of my siblings is joining me for entirely zero proof uh this evening. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's a real show of solidarity, I think, to Yeah. Um and you know, it's like we in our society, it's in our literature, like we we don't we're not teetotalers in the sense we're not prohibitionists. Um it's fine. Whatever other people want to do is fine. Yeah. We're not preaching here. We're just talking about <laughs> our own experiences. I, I think the time but, of the day and evening is interesting for your expectations. Of, of what you're going to imbibe or, or how you're going to spend your time socializing. So, like, is there a, a, a pressure or a different type of evening as opposed to an afternoon uh, spent with friends and family and your choices? That's a good question. Yeah. I feel like definitely the weekend. 
puts more pressure because you know it's like you can be like oh it's friday it's a weekend and um there's actually this uh comedian that i watched recently and he was talking about how um people that go to the mosque they do their service like on a Friday and it makes it harder for them and he was like oh but then the people that have church on Sunday you have like the whole weekend to get like turned up Mm -hmm. then you can like you know cleanse on a Sunday (laughs) so definitely my answer would be the weekend that's uh, 48 hours the weekend being the most like compromised yeah that's a good word and I was also thinking of that song. It's Friday. Friday, Friday yep. Friday. <laughs> Everybody looking for the fucking weekend. Yep, award-winning song. Have you? Have any of us ever worked a job that where it was possible to take a Friday off? So you'd start your drinking on Thursday evening or even Thursday afternoon and just kind of like roll through a, a three-day buzz. So... I actually got myself a part-time schedule at my old job specifically because I knew I would be too drunk from the night before to come into work certain days of the week. Like, I full-on got my job to accommodate my drinking schedule. See? High-functioning. It's very responsible. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, an interesting thing about the Bay Area is that there's obviously a lot of tech jobs thanks to all the startups. And there goes my vocal cords. I'll keep it a little bit lower and maybe I'll last. But the... um, now with these jobs, you can phone it in from home. You can, uh, you know, hook up your laptop. I'm going to sign off. All right. Thanks for calling, Jay Quellen. Bye. Happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And have a good time spreading the gospel. All right, mister. Have fun. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. All right. And he's off the air. And so he's um, back to the field, back to the field, getting research, filling out forms. Yeah. Well, he's getting Making turned expensive out. Expensive handcrafted zero proof virgin. Cocktails. Yeah. $15 virgin cocktails. Can you imagine? Yeah. I actually have been seeing them everywhere around town. And like whenever I do, I snap photos of it. And the other day my sister sent me one and I sent her like another. I'm like, yeah, I'm on it. I'm like, it's uh, everywhere. Wow. Hmm? Well, I mean, it's kind of nice that they, you know, have the option. It's not just sparkling water or, a, you know, a fake greyhound. It's, um, you know, they're thinking of us. And they've, I've had some really delicious mocktails or foetales or whatever they're called. They're called cocktails. We're taking the word back. Oh. Yeah. One of my friends told me, he's like, why is it called a mocktail? Are they mocking us? <laughs> I really like that one. Well, at $15 a drink. Perhaps they are. Yes. (laughs) This is true. I do think they shouldn't differentiate the names of drinks. Yes. There's no need. I definitely agree. Model 1678. (laughs) I actually really like that. It feels like a very AI 
Oh, I should speak more monotone. Then. <laughs> That's possible. You are the 1678th generation of this particular neural network. Um, Actually, sorry. that's not a hard thing to say if you believe in evolution, as some of us do. Um, how many generations does the human race go back? The human species. Like Homo that's sapiens. That's math. <laughs> Let's see. So we've supposedly been around for like at least half a million years, right? Yeah. I'm just saying yes. Uh, again, <laughs> that's math. <laughs> Some of us don't do that. <laughs> that's about 17,000 generations. That's a lot. So you're, you're pretty recent. Pretty recent, and it, and it is probably going to end here. So could could kiss my bloodline goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this model's done. You will, you will unknowingly be rebooted. <laughs> or frozen. I've been hearing that a lot lately, too. What was that Steven Spielberg movie, AI? I think it was started out as a Stanley Kubrick film. Any of you watch that? The one with the little boy? The little boy who's a robot. Yeah. And, he, you know, like a million years later, they come and find Earth all frozen. And there he is. And the, right. Yeah, that movie, movie was weird and kind of traumatizing. Oh, I don't no. know. I didn't they like it. an old iPhone up. How did they get this kid to... How did they... Get this robot to work. <laughs> right. How did, did they reverse engineer all that technology? Oh, wow. Like, why would they, they? These are some fucking egalitarian aliens. I mean, why would they go to all that trouble? Why, why wouldn't they just say, oh, the, the, the sun went supernova and there's nothing left here. Let's move on. <laughs> we'll keep looking for more food elsewhere. No humans left to munch upon here. <laughs> Sorry, I was very affected by that episode of um, The Twilight Zone to serve man. What is a that? Aliens land in a, in a flying saucer and they hand this, this book over that's written in an alien language mm. and nobody knows how to translate it, but linguists start working on it right away. And by the end of the episode, they, did, they, they work out the title, and the title is To Serve Man. No, wait. The, I think the aliens tell them that it's To Serve Man at the beginning, and then they work out by the end of the episode that it's a cookbook. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's one of the more memorable ones because it was kind of horrific. Yeah, I wonder how you'd feel. The like... last scene was of, like, you know, one of the first volunteers to step onto the ship, and... You know, they're trapped in the hold of this alien ship going to wherever Proxima Centauri or something. And and I think they have, you know, like they figured it out that their food, they're, they're in a cattle car or something. It's pretty wild. Anyways, how do we get on food? Well, food goes with alcohol, so. <laughs> Wait. There's any aliens instead of drunken aliens. I don't know if that's a trope. <laughs> I think they're supposed to... They usually evolved, aren't they? We don't. Right, right. Evolved fast. Yes, they've moved past nuclear war and strife and all, all of those advanced aliens coming down to fuck with humans to tell us we're doing it wrong. Have um, you know they've they've matured past all of our little problems. What was that movie? Uh, the day the Earth stood still, with Clatu, uh, the giant metal robot, and then. The human, very human-looking alien who uh, is there to say, change your ways. Alcohol didn't really come up in that 
You know what I'm thinking of? That movie, was it called District? The one that was set in South Africa? District 9. District 9, yeah. Because yeah. didn't the aliens have some kind of thing that was basically like catnip to them that made them go all crazy? Oh, yeah, right. It was like dog food or something and they'd go, like they'd get all cracked out. And <laughs> I mean, I think it was metaphorical for like giving indigenous peoples alcohol or whatever back in the day that like their systems can't handle right but Uh, anyway it's still in every poor neighborhood i mean you've got billboards with that alcohol and the cheap higher alcohol contents you you know uh uh, stuff in the in the in the bodegas or in the shops so yeah still the control (laughs) control method or even keeping yeah keeping uh, everybody a mess I actually have um, a friend who's very passionate about, like we were having a discussion about sobriety and um, for her, her issue is more about the sodas because for her, like her people, their issue is drinking a lot of like soda and things like high in sugar and they are more prone to all these like sicknesses that are because of that because I was like arguing with her about like how alcohol is so bad for everybody well, just because like it doesn't do anything really like good for you and that she was like no to sugar as well and alcohol so you're yeah getting hit with you're getting blasted with it's a twofer right <laughs> so yeah that's a, that's a problem that's what I was thinking about uh, evenings when things close up, yeah. know, restaurants and things close up and you want to spend, we were talking earlier about like the late night hours or evening hours and how do you, where do you, how do you stay out long and where do you socialize and where do you want to, and it's synonymous with bars. I mean, it's totally, so mm-hmm. it's I, how to separate the two and even on like when you're talking about television shows and movies and like where people meet you know or or have conversations and if it isn't over a meal then what is it you you don't see them in a park or in a supermarket like where do you go cafes don't stay open all night so it becomes challenging to once it's you know like past 9 p.m like how to keep out and about and socialize without that you know um, coming face to face with that discomfort yeah Mm. Or then, or then to have an evening and, and how it's perceived differently being sober. You know, where if you enjoy it differently or if you experience the same thing you've always done differently now that you're sober. I don't know. I have more fun watching people that are not sober now that I am sober at clubs or bars. I just kind of like see the transition from the beginning of the night and, and, and like as the night unfolds and just like the interactions and um, it's <laughs> it's been I have stories <laughs> <laughs> do tell like I went out um, fairly recently maybe like a month already maybe more than a month with a group of friends that you know just like to party and I'm the only sober one in the group and I lasted until 6 a.m. I used to do this like fairly regularly where we would like walk home 
and it's light out. And I did this sober. Mm. And um, just the interactions like towards around like 4 to 6 a.m. where people are just trying to pick each other up was so interesting. Like literally uh, guys would just come up to, well, I can only speak about myself, right? So they would come up to me and because I am sober, like either I would be in two moods. One would be engage the person or the other one would just completely like turn around and keep dancing. And if they were turned down, they would just go to the next female. And they would do this <laughs> until <laughs> until either like someone left with them or maybe they got tired and just went home. <laughs> that was, I, well, that's one that I experienced like recently. But how about you, Madison? It's so I'm just what killing like? myself laughing because last weekend I was at the after hours and there was this guy. He was actually really good looking and like he was kind of hitting on me, but I wasn't in his aggressive hitting on me-ness. So I kind of like danced off and then I see him literally like walk two steps over <laughs> to the next chick and kind of do his whole little like, hey, baby, let's dance routine. And like she wasn't so into it. So I see him in one of the next chick and I'm like, oh, man, this poor guy. Oh, like, a, like a peacock strutting around, uh, shaking his tail feathers. Exactly. I mean, like, it's like, I don't know. It's just it's funny. In some ways he was, well, whatever. There's the random creepers that like to come just hover behind you, which I don't get, but... Um, but yeah, it is. I'm just laughing at hello, like this guy. You know, he's just going from girl to girl to girl. At some point, I guess one's gonna hook up with him. Oh my god! <laughs> so I guess it gives them some courage, or anesthetizes them to the amount of rejections, and then it yeah. could also weaken the uh, liquid courage, right? For that, yeah. And then for the females, I guess it's also the other way around. I mean, weaken your ability to judge your eyes <laughs> blind your eyes okay. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of like evens out i suppose yeah the, i did have a guy say something disturbing to me once though he was basically like he says me lines he's like yeah i should just wait to go out until the after hours because then girls will be really fucked up and it'll be easier to pick them up i've heard I that like, i can't believe you just said that for real like i've heard that yeah you gotta be careful because too late and then it happens like when i took an uber pool at like 3 a.m and the car pulled in and everyone was passed out it looked like he like the driver killed everybody windows were all rolled open and i was the first one out and like you, I don't know how you're going to figure out who to drop off. You have to wake everyone up each time. <laughs> and hopefully they don't puke in the back of your car. You know, so. oh, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, God. It's the wee I'm, hours of the morning. That's great. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Those days are past for me. Um, wow. But it's an interesting point that you bring up kind of about stamina. That, um, you know, how alcoholics or how functioning drinkers would um, either pace themselves or, you know, like plan when in the evening they're going to drink so that by, by the time 3 a.m. rolled around, you were not completely toxified and in the emergency room. <clears throat> yeah. There goes my voice. 
Um, I, you know, I used to live in, I think we all have spent time in New York City where the bars are open until 4 a.m. Yeah. 4 Shout out, New York City. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. That's like when the, uh, uh, you know, the sun rises in, in an hour or an hour and a half during summer mm. in New York. And so, you know, how do you remain upright and conscious when you're a full-time drinker? Do you... Drugs. Have, Drugs. Yep. <laughs> Another thing uh, noticing is like the different types of, um, I don't know if it's a generalized like moods during the hours where it might be uh, aggressive, might be like a f- people want to fight uh, or lugubrious. They start crying and getting over sentimental. Oh man, you know, totally. Maudlin. Yeah, the, the phases of uh, what yeah. you go through. Yeah. With and, and what time? Like, does everyone go through it all together, or do they? Oh, yeah. You know, is it is it a real right. bonding moment, or is it just? That's what we need a whiteboard for. We can plot <laughs> each of our individual. Right. I'm, know, I'm on it. What are those phases? I'm on it. I've Next seen week. the fighting phase where everybody wants to like beat the crap out of each other, and then yeah. A couple hours later, they're all crying and hugging each other. Yeah. Swear <laughs> friendship. Yes. Then there's that disoriented, I want my mom, like, I don't know what happened. I, I've seen that. Somebody was just crying for their mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it was very sweet and sad. And I was like, this is why I don't do drugs anymore or drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've only ever been to Temple once. And I was like, there are so many girls crying at this bar. So many girls crying. <laughs> like... That's the name of a bar. Uh, girls yeah, crying. Yeah, it's a nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> girls. It should be called Girls Crying. <laughs> all um, the phases. All the phases. That's that's just an awesome picture in a way. I mean, you know, there's that initial euphoria when you take drink your first whatever it is, glass of wine or beer or you know, sip of champagne or or shots and you get that rush and all of a sudden the feeling comes in and you're like, oh yeah, I finally I got this got this jacket back on that I really like, you know, this nice warm trim jacket. And then later on that jacket feels like it's been doused in hot water and you're just feeling like awful and you know, like your gastrointestinal tract is quite upset at you. Um, that you've consumed so much of a certain toxic thing and yada yada on and on yeah um do you eat first i was gonna say eat a burger (laughs) we all just came from eating burgers before the show yeah um with coca-cola sorry that was not a product endorsement (laughs) with caffeinated uh carbonated beverages (laughs) is it malt soda or no that's what uh, is malt soda is there even is it just malt and then soda is a separate thing and i just combined it what's up well malt (laughs) malt is a sweetener from barley i think and it's made its way into a few beverages like kvass isn't isn't kvass the the russian sort of soda pop of the soviet era Ooh, i want to try that it's um it's sort of fermented or something but without alcohol and i used to 
go to the beach in New York to, to Brighton Beach, which is nice. lar largely Russian now. And there are all these, you know, like Russian tea rooms and delis there. And they had, you know, in their refrigerator cases, they had kvass. And so me and my friends would buy one just to you know, try one once a year. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, it was not particularly tasty. Yeah. Kvass. I think it's one of those things that you grow up with. But somehow cola has become a universal flavor that is dissolving teeth and intestines around the world. <laughs> uh -oh. Whoops, I sort of went a little far with that. But uh, yes, you eat first. You eat first. I do. In the okay. morning. Like, if I, at least, if I had a hangover... I would definitely eat first. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. I would eat before I went to bed. Oh, your poor body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was younger, so. <sighs> I mean. Yeah. That's true. There are all these sort of images from around the world, like in, in uh, Britain. Um, you know, people go out for a curry at you know, one o'clock in the morning after they've been drinking since 7 p.m. And it's to fill their stomach up with something so that when they go home, they can pass out properly. Yeah. You know, get a high dosage of complex carbohydrates and just fall asleep. That or to keep themselves from being sick the next day. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Ramen. Ramen. Is really good. I remember like when I was in New York, we would have, um, we would go to this place where... It was in St. Mark's place, and you had to like walk down, oh, and it was just like a bunch of like drunk people eating, and that's how like we undernight. And when I lived in Jersey, we would go to the diner, and it was disco fries. Oh, disco fries! Do you, do you guys know disco those? Fries. Disco fries has gravy and cheese, and I think that's it. It's kind of the New York version of uh, Montreal's poutine. Okay. Which are like wedge-cut potatoes that are deep-fried, uh -huh. and they <clears throat> they put cheese curds on them, which is some kind of simple cheese. And in some places, they'll put a bit of uh, gravy on it or curried gravy, Irish curry sauce, and it's just unbelievably delicious. Um, that uh, sounds fancy. In Jersey, it's just cheese and gravy. Sober? Is this uh, something that people would reach for regardless? <laughs> or is it all of a sudden become disgusting? When you... It's actually pretty good. But I think maybe if you were sober, you would have like three bites. <laughs> Versus a platter. And you wouldn't touch it cold. Yes. But if you were drunk, you might. Uh, yes. Anything. Cold pizza, cold pasta, <laughs> leftover rice. Starch. Yeah, definitely eat. Soak it up. Well, crew, we've been on for about an hour, um, 64 minutes, according to the thing over there. And um, how are we all doing? Do we have a sense of... Uh, how much, what our stamina levels are right now. Um, are we rating from zero to 10? Pick a scale. My voice is starting to give out, um, but I'm having a good time listening to you all. 
What's your rate, 0 to 10? Uh, Model 1678. Uh, a Q, I think, is my rating. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, or I'm, should we do, like, do you feel like a cloud or a star? Isn't that, like, what they do now these days? <laughs> yeah, in school, they don't do, like, grades. They have, like, things that Completely signify. <laughs> yeah. Numbers. Is yeah. that just in California? I... I have no idea because I will find out. I'll let you know. Thank you. Okay. Well, I could. I think we could come up with a similar rating system just in this room, like Pink Cloud. Being, oh, being, that's a know, good one. Everything's aces right now. You're yeah. doing really well. What's next down? What's the next rung down from Pink? Pink Cloud is a term in sobriety that, when you first become sober, you uh, experience like inexplicable good feelings like you just feel good and yeah. you know perhaps it's that you no longer have toxins in your system or you know something to that effect you've, you've given up the juice and all of a sudden you know your body's relieved from it and you feel you feel much better yeah. than you did before but not everybody gets that and your relationships are better yeah. like your life that has like exploded is coming back together it, and sometimes this lasts for people and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's an interesting term of the, the field. How sudden do you get, pink, get, get into the pink cloud? Is that like a, something that takes a few months to turn oh, it, around? It could happen within a week. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that could be wonderful if you get it. Yeah. yeah. It could be months too. Oh, yeah. I mean, some people are so hooked, their bodies have, their brain has become so, um, you know, nor, like, I forget what the term is, but they're, you know, without it, they're, they go into serious withdrawals, they get the DTs, the delirium trem, trem, tremors, trem, tremens, or tremens, something. I think that's it. And uh, their nervous system can't uh, tolerate being without. Uh, that's sort of my simpleton understanding of what the DTs is. Do people have to suffer through them in order to get over them? Or is that like you're kind of un chemically, unfortunately, unbalanced and need it, you get a level of titration to function? You get through it, but the titration, I mean, if you're lucky, you're able to titrate yourself. But um, some people end up in the emergency room and they get pumped full of electrolytes and maybe other, you know, maybe there's a little feel good in that, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in order to help them through the DTs. Um, there are stories of when some people join uh, a, uh, like an inpatient or an outpatient recovery program, mm -hmm. they're advised to just keep drinking right up until the last day so that they are, uh, you know, their system doesn't experience that sudden withdrawal. And, and they don't feel as horrible. But sometimes also to qualify for a program, they're encouraged to show up drunk so that they, uh, you know, they appear as drunks and they're more likely to get into the program. I heard, and I don't know if this is like an urban myth, maybe you guys know that like you can actually die from that. Like if you just stop. Oh, wow. Have you heard that? I've heard that. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, that would increase your you know that your blood sugar gets so greatly affected by by that as well there's so many things that must happen to your body yeah. chemically that, that 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 must be the case 
that must happen to some. Yeah. So. Well, I'm busy Googling it over here. Oh, yeah. Um, there are so many things that we just touched on tonight, and it's been really fascinating. You know, partly this brought up the story of a person, a man whose body chemistry was such that his stomach produced uh, ethyl alcohol, you know, booze. So whenever he ate carbohydrates, he, you know, his, for some reason, his stomach flora or his intestinal flora produced ethyl alcohol. And so he was a little bit drunk all the time as an adult, like his entire, like since teenagerhood. Eventually the doctors found some way to mitigate this and to shut down those particular flora, but it was just kind of fascinating that someone would do that and it made me think of that there there are a variety of an, variety of animals who have similar syndromes um there's a type of bird that eats leaves in the jungles of i don't know where it is fiji or or it's like a like a south pacific island and this bird um the leaves are uh ground up first by their you know, internal, like the gizzard or something. And then they ferment. And in the process of fermentation, their system, I think it produces something that is like a type of alcohol, like one of the fattier alcohols, mm. like acetyl alcohol, and it makes them drunk and, and they pass out. And so they've, over time, they've evolved these really thick breastbones that enable them to just kind of clonk down wow. on their, their chest and their stomach while they're digesting. So they go through these highly distinct phases where they're, they're eating <laughs> and then their, their gizzards are grinding up the leaves and then they start digesting and then they boom, they pass out because they're, I mean, I'm not an ornithologist or yeah. anything. I have no idea which species this is. I'm going to add it to my list. So first is the video of you dancing dance hall and then <laughs> the birds passing out with a thick Breastbone. I always thought the thick breastbone was that it took a while for something to chew on them while they were passed out so they could keep <laughs> the population going because you're really vulnerable. That's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. You would think though that like, um, oh, this is kind of gross, but uh, uh, learning about like stomach flora and um, digestion and, and well, they unfortunately they make fecal transplants now if they find that that helps people but like like the idea of being able to help someone with like transfer dif- different flora like stomach yeah. uh, for gut uh, flora and um the fact that they didn't weaponize it like this poor guy or find a cure that could neutralize it, like, that may help people. I mean, I, think, I guess it could go either way. But I mean, it's it's kind of neat that they've come up with this technology that enables them to select distinct floral or, or a intestinal flora species that, that like there there's a, a few startups in the Bay Area that have come up around the notion of uh, doing a genetic sequencing of your gut flora in order to figure out you know, the profiles, just kind of like they've done with the Human Genome Project Mm. to figure out, you know, which chromosomes or genes or whatever are contributing to different maladies. And so the same thing with the gut biome. 
um, because there's there's like a hypothesis that you, if you have the wrong gut flora for your body type or your diet type, that it could cause you to be depressed or it could cause totally. you to, you know, perhaps become diabetic or whatever. I don't really have a yeah. strong handle on these things, but it seems like a nice... You know, nice move. It's kind of got a gross name. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, like, if they brought that to, we said, these uh, clinics or, you know, where people are trying to get better, if, if there's ways to, to help them, I guess, biologically, you know, would that be the biochemistry where you don't have to, you could take some of the, I guess, emotional or psychological uh, uh, Let's say like a labeling or like you could take some of that load off of them and help them with that with the with the biochemistry that would be uh, like in terms of someone's neurochemistry and how they are are you talking about people with well if you're if you're more susceptible if you're more susceptible to alcoholism and oh. you really are suffering biologically you know and there's all this pressure and blame and and uh mm. You know, you're, you're, you're the, the type of tools you have to deal with, like using that instead of the biochemistry, it just it doesn't seem fair. It's like you're trying to fix a car with a banana instead of a wrench. You know, yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I would hope that they would that they they make progress there. Um, that's interesting. There's also uh, my grandfather had a ranch. And he had horses and cows, and um, and uh, there was this particular plant that they had to keep cleared from the farm. It was called loco weed, and the horses would seek it out and eat it because they knew it would make them high. And I wow. remember as a as a youth seeing one of these horses just like flat out fucked up and they they do this like totally stupid grin they, they do this like this really wide mouth grin and expose their teeth and they're they like sort of fall over and they get all <laughs> like you can see that it's having a huge impact on their nervous system did you try it <laughs> you know i never did i uh i don't know if it has an effect on humans yeah Maybe someone will call us next week and be like, I tried it. (laughs) (laughs) We hope to hear. Well, we're at about an hour and a quarter. How are we feeling? So you stop, though. There's Pink Cloud. And then what's the other ones? Well, the other end of the spectrum would be DTs. So we've got just two left. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) We're very extreme. Um, So you're either Pink Cloud or... Or DTs, and maybe maybe two (laughs) in between, Um, you know, grumpy and okay. I'm irritable, discontent, and what's the other one? Restless. 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 Okay, so you could be restless, irritable, discontent, pink cloud, or tremens. Okay. All right. It it makes sense, though, because, I mean, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I tend to be a person of extremes. I'm either really happy or really not happy. And I think there's some commonality amongst people in the secret society. Fight club. In the fight club that we tend to be people of extremes. So to me, it's not surprising that our language also deals with we're either really happy or we're upset. There's not a lot of... I'm just an even keel normal person right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. 
normal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> normal. Which is a that's a topic that comes up in you know the rooms sometimes when people are you know just talking about having acceptance with where they're at right now. Yeah, I had an okay day. It wasn't great. I wasn't overjoyed, but I didn't go out and drink. I didn't I didn't have to get fucked up to get through this day. Yeah. And um, you know, and I'm going to sleep well tonight. I'll have a I'll have a better day tomorrow. Yeah. Um that's a good day. Yeah. That is huge. I mean, you've made it one more day. I mean, that's everything. If only there was a cliche that summed that Just up. Just for today. Just for today. I like that better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it'd be a restless cloud. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good, but not really sure. <laughs> Wiggly. I like that. But, uh, okay. So which one of those are we? She's Restless Cloud, model 1678. Okay. Madison? I think I'm restless and discontent today. It's a lovely combination. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would be... Pink Cloud and Tremens. <laughs> 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 I'm like I could keep going, but I know like I'll probably start having like the shakes. <laughs> I've had a long day. I think I'm about two on this scale. That's irritable, owing to my bronchitis or laryngitis or whatever the hell this is. Yeah, you're a trooper. I'm very impressed with your dedication. Bronchitis in August is just—is it me? Or I thought the. What's it's that? bronchitis in August. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I Pegasus. Don't know Pegasus with laryngitis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, um, I, uh, I, th I think I've reached my end. It was great having you all here. This was fun. Here. This is really terrific. Thank you. And um, let's, uh, I wanted to find a morose song to go out on, so here we go. A little Tom Waits. Okay, again, this is High Spirits Radio here at Mutiny Radio, or should we just call it Mutant Radio? I like that one. <laughs> and um, this is Dr. Pegasus saying goodnight. And this is Princess Mono <laughs> saying sayonara. This is Madison signing off. This is Model 1678. Thank you. He has money to burn She thought she had the moon in her pocket But now she's dead
was hard to impress He knew everyone's secrets He wore her on his arm just like jewelry He never gave but he got He kept her on a leash
couldn't understand why his mother never came back to their home in the forest. Perhaps she's lost, thought Bambi. Perhaps she's back any day now. So Bambi continued to search for his mother. Day after day, Bambi wandered aimlessly through the woods and out into the beautiful but dangerous meadow. But he never found his mother. In time, Bambi somehow realized that his mother was gone forever. And now, he must learn to walk alone. Was this the same beautiful world where Bambi had robbed playfully with Gammon last summer? And where was Gammon? Would he ever see Gammon again? But Bambi could no longer spend his days brooding. For now, he must make his own way. Even looking for Gammon had to be postponed. Because now, Bambi faced a new problem. Winter. 
The cold, wintry winds blew the dead leaves off the trees, leaving the naked limbs to face the chilling blasts. And with the passing of summer, Bambi noticed that there was very little left to eat. Then, the first snow of winter drifted gently to the brown earth. Bambi was surprised. He'd never seen snow before. And his mother wasn't there to explain what the soft white flakes of ice really were. All Bambi knew was that it was pretty, but cold. And in a few days, the entire forest was covered in deep white blanket. It was beautiful. But this meant that food was now scarcer than ever. Soon, Bambi experienced still another feeling, one that he had never felt before. was filled with hardship and seemed to be ages long. But in time,
Black Plastic Community Radio at FM. Thanks for listening. Come to the Comedy Festival beginning in March. It's good for you. And good for us. See ya.
was ready for the stop at the building next to the location. Suspects are seen climbing out of both windows, male Hispanic and a possible male black. They have their vehicle van parked in front of the location with the business logo. They are not identified at the location. 71 is 
The record is, he came to himself. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody tonight that's listening to me mm -hmm, would sit right where you are and come to yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, you know Jesus told this story mm -hmm, in order to let me know that he had faith in men. That he did not believe that man was ultimately sinful and wicked. But the ultimate end of man was to come to God. For you see, my brothers and my sisters, to do wrong is alien to man. One of these days, wrong will disappear. will be wiped out of his glory. One of these days, war will end. And uh, one of these days, peace will prevail. I don't even know what I'm talking about. And this young man sat back, realizing that he'd ended up uh, in his pain for his falling. Oh, Lord, he sat back with hogs all around him. Oh, Lord, realizing dead God that he'd sought a freedom without the law. Oh, Lord, that he wanted a freedom at the expense of law and order and discipline. Oh, Lord, he'd given up a, a happy home. You ought to be able to see him sitting there There's another bracelet. Oh, Lord, here I am with no necklace above my neck. And at my father's house, there are many necklaces.
like a woman Looking like a man Sounding like a no-no Walking, walking. 